Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, Episode 2. We are going to talk about sex positivity and why it's important today. And I think it's such an important topic. So I'm very excited to talk about it. And I hope that you're excited um, to learn and maybe you're going to learn some new things. I've always been fascinated with people and relationships ever since I can remember. And I would be the one mediating relationships or even conversations um, between my parents. And I always had an intuitive ability to see beyond the words to the pain and desire behind the words, um, which is what kind of got me started on this path. And, you know, I've always seen people for their true potential and I've always believed in their ability to achieve the things that they truly desire. I grew up in the church, like I talked about last week. Um, and as a result, I learned what we that we often have to put limits on our true potential and desires in order to, quote unquote, do the right thing and fit the mold. So for my story last week, you could see that, you know, a lot of what I did and how I thought was in order to fit the mold. And do the right thing. And and that's just part of growing up in that culture um, in, in just the societal norms and the programming that we have, the religious programming, which affects the societal programming. Um, so I'm just going to recap really quick, just kind of a summary of my story for those who didn't catch it last week, but go back and listen. I know the quality wasn't as great, but um, I'm just going to kind of read to you just the recap of my story, um, just to, to help you out. Several years ago, I was able to break free from the religious and social programming, or as I like to say, the boxes that were keeping me stuck. And it took a lot of years, um, to work through some of that, but mostly it took a lot of tears, research, and soul searching. It really did. Um, what I discovered though was a whole world of people who valued authenticity as much as I did and lived a life of freedom and confidence. Leaving your faith is a huge shift in your worldview and it's so scary. Um, and I discovered sex positivity, which is what I want to talk about today. What you have to understand is that like I said last week, I was a Bible school graduate and, and Bible school was like Bible college. It was university. I got a music degree with educational uh, background, um, educational ministries, so I could teach and things like that. Um, it, it wasn't just, you know, like Sunday school. It was Bible school, like fully immersed in that. Um, and so part of my deconversion journey, which was like, good 14 years after graduating is I started listening 
So I started listening to Playboy Radio all the time, and that's what I talked about last week. I'd always been taught that those people, quote unquote, those people, were unable to truly love. Uh, They lived in shame and had no self-worth. And what I discovered was the complete opposite while listening to Playboy. So in listening to and reading about the worst of the worst, I discovered that these were my people. They were authentic, loving, kind, well-spoken, not afraid to be themselves and actually loved their lives and who they were. I discovered a whole new world, including ethical non-monogamy, which is something I'll talk about in later episodes. It was beautiful, rich, authentic, and a lot of fun. It was bringing people together to have real conversations with themselves and creating beautiful, loving connections within marriages as well as outside of their relationship. So in their relationship, outside of their relationship, like how could this be? Ten years later, I have discovered the most wonderful life. And I've discovered, you know the most incredible community of people, and I found the most intimate friendships I could ever have dreamed of. I found empowerment and strength in ways I never imagined. I'm truly living my best life, all while parenting three wonderful teens, actually, two of them are adults now, um, and being the most, I'm in the most incredible relationship now that I've ever been able to be in uh, and it's one I've designed for myself and it's very it's very intentionally designed and I think that's super important Um, I have so much love to give and I found a way to love without limitations all while upholding my my own beautiful boundaries and my morals and my standards so I absolutely love my life and so I want to talk about sex positivity today, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. Please visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love to have you join our private Facebook community and oasis called Breaking Free to Be Authentically Me. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Okay, so let's get started. What is sex positivity? I know that there is a lot of controversy, especially all over the country, particularly in the U.S. I've noticed um, just articles. You have to understand that the U.S. culture, um, if you're from the U.S., I'm sure you'll agree with this that it is much more of a religious culture, like an evangelical Christian culture. And I would say that um, a lot of Christians down there are actually more culturally Christian than actually really practicing. So they might go to church on Sunday. It's more of a community. It's more of a way of life rather than, like I was talking about last week, just like this real personal relationship with the Lord, um, that was such an integral part of my life and guided all my decisions and things like that. Um, you'll find that a society as a whole takes on a lot of sort of that religious mindset when it comes to morality and what's right and wrong and things like that. And it's been sort of 
imported into society, even a society that isn't religious necessarily. So in Canada, um, where I'm from, we would say it's a much more liberal culture than it is in the States. Um, I mean, you're going to find varieties everywhere. But in general, we're much more liberal up here than they are down in the States. Um, and I was reading, like, during my research this week, and, and there's, a, you know, a lot of articles about toxic sex positivity and things like that. And you'll find that comes from the angle of, you know, very scared religious parents and teachers that are really afraid of sex and anything having to do with sex and anything that might influence a child in thinking something other than the cultural norm or what they're being taught in church and things like that. Um, so I think that's where a lot of that comes from. And I understand that fear because that really was me, right? I, I mean, it was the most important thing. Like if you'll remember from last week when I said like when my my husband said that he was deconverting and and didn't believe anymore the the first question that came to mind is oh my goodness what are we going to teach the girls about sex and sexuality and that was the thing that like of all the things that came to mind that is the first thing so sexuality is such a huge influence on it's just it's such a big topic and it's, I mean, we can't talk about sex positive. We can't talk about sex without like, you know, like your, your posts will get flagged or your, your emails. Like I have to be careful if I'm going to send emails that I don't use the word sex. If I don't want it to go to junk mail and I just like everything in me is like resisting that. But like, you know, you need to put like a backwards three or you need to put a three instead of E so that, you know, the, you know, the email providers aren't, aren't going to put it in spam um, because sex is just something that we're not really supposed to talk about. So I really want to normalize sexuality and sex positivity and shift perspectives because I think that, well, it was so life-changing to me. So what is sex positivity? What is it? I was reading quite a few articles this week, um, just looking at things. And there's an article um, by Morgan Mandriota, and she wrote an article in Psych Central. And I'll post these links. Um, I'll post my research links of just a bunch of the articles that I read. I'm going to do some quotes from some of the articles. But in general... Um, you know, they're just really interesting to read. I'm going to read some clip, you know, some little, some quotes from the articles because I think that they're good and they explain things nicely. Um, but yeah, have a, have a read. There's so many things and, and there's lots of resources that I can point you to um, to get more information about sex positivity. So uh, in this article, Goody Howard who's a resident sex educator for sexual hygiene and body care, uh, the body care company Royal. So what, what he says is, my personal working definition of sex positivity is operating around the topics of human sexuality, 
health, and pleasure with respect and without shame or stigma. This includes gender identity, orientation, sex education, nudity, relationship styles, body positivity, safer sex, reproductive equity, and much more. So you'll notice that that covers a lot of things. And I think it's a pretty good definition. I've talked about, you know, kicking shame and guilt to the curb because that is what a lot of our sexuality has been based in growing up in the culture that we have. And still there's so many cultures that hold to such a shameful, stigmatized view of sexuality. Um, which makes it really difficult to make educated decisions for yourself. Um, Historically, it was common for sex to be viewed from a moralistic, which is based in sin, or a medicalized, which is based in sickness or disease framework. So a moralistic or a medicalized framework. And you'll notice this if you look back, you know, through these lenses Otherwise, natural and healthy sexual desires and behaviors are something to be repressed, controlled, or cured, um, explains sociologist and certified sexologist Sarah uh, Melenkin. Melenkin? Melenkin? I should have checked that before. But Sarah Melenkin, PhD with um, the Sex Toy Collective. And again, these links will be in the show notes. Um, but I like that, that reminder because... You know, we, throughout history, you know, doctors would, you know, call a woman hysterical for, and blame it on sex and, and, you know, like her emotions and all this stuff, like sexuality, I don't know, it just wasn't okay to be a sexual woman. It just wasn't okay. Uh, we weren't allowed to have urges and desires and fantasies. Men could. I mean, men could go visit prostitutes. That was never a problem. Uh, it didn't totally ruin their moral status in society. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you watched Bridgerton. Um, but there was such a huge contrast in that dynamic the oldest brother, who's kind of the head of the household, you know, he goes and visits a prostitute on a regular basis. That's his girlfriend. And he's head of this household. And somehow that's okay. But his sister kisses someone she loves or has is attracted to. And, and all of a sudden, that's the most shameful thing that could possibly happen. And she had to marry him or she would never be able to marry anybody. And, and it's just ludicrous, right? That, that a woman like being kissed would soil her or she'd be ruined for life because of that. Yet he could go and visit this girl on a regular basis. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but that's the culture, you know, that's what we're trying to break free from is this patriarchal patriarchal culture which is really rooted in religious culture right i don't know if you can hear the dogs barking in the background let me just shut that window 
And you, I don't know if you can hear the fan in the background, but honestly, there's no way I could do this without the fan. So I'm just going to try to clean that out of the recording. But uh, it is a hot one here. <laughs> so I apologize if there's a little bit of a hum underneath my voice, but it can't be worse than last week's recording. So we'll just continue. So how I viewed sex and sexuality, um, I like I said before, like it was something that I was shamed about and I was a very like I said I was a sexual child like I started masturbating at age four and getting in trouble for it you know and at four years old like you don't know what you're doing like you're not doing anything wrong you're just exploring your body but to have so much shame and guilt attached to that from such a young age really you know affected me in a lot of ways and, and made me feel like I was not okay, that there was something wrong with me and that I didn't fit in, you know? Um, and it took me years and years to realize that, oh my goodness, (laughs) I am normal. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. And, uh, it really took that journey of like listening to Playboy and all of a sudden realizing, oh my God, these are my people. Like that's, what had to happen for me to realize that I was perfectly okay and normal. And I didn't, I didn't have to hide from who I was. So I just, I don't want that for people. I feel like it's time to kind of open that door of our minds to realize how healthy sexuality can be in our lives and and how it can just have such a positive effect It's also important to realize that sex positivity does not necessarily mean more sex. And I think a lot of people get confused with that, that, ooh, if I'm sex positive, I'm just going to condone just sexual activity all the time. That's not it. Like, just because someone's sex positive doesn't necessarily mean they're having more sex. It's not one and the same. So that's really important to to um, mention because it's really it doesn't mean the same thing Uh, just because you're sex positive doesn't mean that you think someone can just have sex all the time or that you're always thinking about sex or that you're you know just engaging in sex every minute of the day so not the case (laughs) so I just want to clarify that because a lot of people get that confused so let's look at some sex negative situations with with sex positivity come there's always the opposite right so let's take a look at sex negativity or what are examples of sex um, negativity and again I will post the link to this article um, so there's some of these examples, you know, sex negativity, it's everywhere and it's easy to internalize without even realizing it. It's important to notice, um, when it's there so we can stop it. And so we can be aware of sort of sex negative thinking, which is actually the norm and it's very normal thinking. So I want us to think outside the box, right? So I'm really about opening those boxes wide crushing them and getting out of them so that you can really create the reality that that you want and that is right for you without shame and guilt ruling or controlling the show. 
Um, so obvious and subtle signs of sex negativity may include, so I'm just going to read some of these from the article. Um, using STIs or sexualities as punchlines. You know, think like asking if someone's rash is herpes or calling someone gay as a joke. And these are common things. And I mean, kids have been bullied um, at school. You know, it's a joke. Oh, is that herpes? Ha ha ha. Well, that's a that's a shaming technique, you know, and that's because people are uncomfortable with sexuality. They're uncomfortable with talking about STIs. STIs used to be STDs, and now they're called STIs. So STD is uh, sexually transmitted diseases, but now they're calling them sexually transmitted infections. And the reason is because infections can be treated. It's not a disease, and to get rid of some of the stigma around it, you know, there are, there are cures for most of these, um, STIs and we can't be using them as a scare tactic to shame people anymore. That's a whole different issue. But anyway, that's a thing that's important. Um, okay. Assuming anything that's not heteronormative is a sign of a mental health condition. Um, there is a lot of that. So, um, there's a lot of historically, uh, Christian churches sending, you know, gay and lesbian, their gay and lesbian children off to camps uh, because they're not heteronormative, right? So they're not thinking like everybody, they, there's something wrong with them. Maybe they're possessed by the devil or this or that. We got to like, you know, scare the gay out of them or preach the gay or, or get the gay out of them and get them back on track. So that was a big thing. And, and thank goodness that is not the norm so much anymore. In most places, there's still a lot of, a lot of very religious circles that still do those things, and and they're just not going to change. Um, but the more awareness we have, the better, you know, it's going to be. Uh, believing anal sex is only for people who identify as gay, that's not true at all, right? But that is a stereotype, and that's, you know, if you're joking about things like that, that is sex negative. Slut shaming women. This is a big one, right? Or shaming anyone engaging in consens consensual sexual behavior. Um, I remember one of my daughters had a friend over uh, who used to come all over a lot of times, and she'd you know say all kinds of things, and she she slut shame girls at school all the time and throw shade at them and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. There is no slut shaming in this house. I'm sorry, it does not happen, okay? We don't slut shame because a woman has the right to enjoy her sexuality and choose it just as much as any man or boy, for that matter, um, can choose to, you know, like a, a boy at school, a jock who has sexual partners is like popular and, you know, the cool guy, but the girls he's sleeping with, are sluts like there's that's not okay so um there's a really great book called the ethical slut um that i highly recommend just a life-changing book but it just really flips a lot of this thinking on its head and it's just it's really a beautifully written book so if you want some great uh reading in this area um the ethical slut is such a great book so I will put that in the show notes as well, the link to that book. Uh, victim blaming for sexual assault. How many times have you seen this? Like, 
oh, well, if you weren't wearing that, you wouldn't have been assaulted or well, you were asking for it or blah, 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 blah. And just, you know, what men don't have responsibility for their actions or reactions. Like this is not okay. You know, uh, advocating for punishment or violence towards sex workers or LGTB, oh, sorry, LGBTQIA plus people. That's a lot of letters. Um, sorry, my mouth got tongue tied there. LGBT, I can't say it. LGBTQIA plus people. Um, you know, advocating for punishment or violence towards them. Like, what is that? This is definitely not sex positive. And if you have like a violent reaction inside towards even the idea of sex workers, you want to check where that's coming from, you know? Considering sex and sexuality to be dirty, sinful, or other negative adjectives, um, you know, doing the nasty or, you know, living in sin, those kinds of things are still very prevalent. It's very prevalent language that we use when we're talking about sex. Um, And it's a very negative way to talk about it. And so if we don't start to change that dialogue and change the way we phrase things, Um, we're going to be stuck in this sort of, um, shameful guilt ridden pattern, right? Where we attach this negativity to sex, uh, referring to heterosexuality and being cisgender as normal, natural, or regular. So cisgender, if you're not familiar with that term is the gender that you're born with. So if you have male genitalia and you were born with male genitalia and you're a male, that's a cisgender male. Um, Heterosexual, we know what that is, is not gay or lesbian. So if you fit that, then you're considered normal, natural, or regular. And anything outside of that is strange or not okay, you know? So that's a very negative mindset. The next thing is making negative comments about another person's body, a partner, style, or identity. You know, like, you know, body shaming and things like that. Like, oh, they, that girl looks so masculine, you know, like, is that, and just kind of treating that as a negative thing. And so we just have to be careful what things come out of our mind because or come out of our mind, what things come out of our mouth because the things that come out of our mouth are because of what we think about. So if we think about things in a sex negative context, we're going to say some of these things without even realizing it, or we're going to add this mindset to our life. And so it's going to affect our ability to see sexuality as positive. So be aware of that. Um, what are some ways to be sex positive? Um, I think that that one of the, I've read this quote in one of the articles. Um, How do you embrace sex positivity? Positivity. One of the articles talked about um, another simple thing that women can do to evolve their own sex positivity is to talk about it. 
you know, normalizing talking about sex. Whoa, what a concept. Share your sex positive outlook with others when and where appropriate. Um, to break the stigma of sexual discussion by making these conversations normal. And a lot of people think it's so interesting how normally I talk about sex. It's just something I can easily talk about. It doesn't make me uncomfortable anymore at all because it's just such a normal thing. It's like talking about the weather for me, right? So how do we, how do we be more sex positive? Um, and, and why is that important, right? So the good news is that you can become more sex positive and we can try different things, right? To shift our thoughts and feelings and our actions when it comes to sex. So one of the first things is to to value your sexuality. It's one thing to like have sexuality and to acknowledge it and know that it's there. It's a whole other thing to, you know, value your sexuality and see it as an asset to you. Sex positivity starts and doesn't end with valuing your own sexuality, learning more about your body, its anatomy, what it wants, what it needs, and what makes it feel good and what doesn't. Um, Melancon in this article talked about that. She says that masturbation can help you get to know your body better and communicate your desires to partners. And, you know, I, I say this to my clients all the time. Like, if you don't know what brings you pleasure, how in the world are you going to explain to someone else how to pleasure you like how is your partner going to know how to pleasure you if you don't even know how to pleasure yourself and that's hugely important there are so many women out there that have never had an orgasm and they've never enjoyed sex in their body they think it's about bringing pleasure to someone else and yeah that's part of it but like we get to enjoy pleasure too as women and if we don't think that we're allowed to have desire and to have enjoyment, then we're not going to, we're not going to take the time to get to know our body because we're not going to think that that's very important. Another way is to share and respect pronouns. Um, promoting your pronouns can serve as a form of um, allyship to gender, gender non-conforming folks. So, you can share them in meetings and feature them in your social media bios or email signature. Like I could say she, her, um, that's what my pronouns would be. And this is a tough one because I think there's a lot of us that are confused, you know, like I, I was talking about this with a friend, I think it was today or yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Just how, you know, Sometimes I don't want to ask someone's pronouns because I might, I don't want to insult them because maybe I'm assuming they look a certain way or whatever. Um, and so I think it's important that we just start to normalize using pronouns um, and that it's okay to ask and it's not offensive to ask. And for sure, for sure, if you still have trouble asking someone's pronouns, um, please make sure that you're using the pronouns that someone has asked you to use if they've said that, you know, like, um, and, and if you're someone who requires different pronouns, like also 
realize that this is still shifting. It's not a personal assault to you. If someone doesn't use your pronoun, you know, just remind people gently and people will start to, you know, use your, your pronouns if they're your people. If they're not, they're not your people, you know? Um, so I don't know. Pronouns is a whole, is a whole, uh, topic and it's just something we're gonna have to get used to especially being sex positive like everybody has a right to be who they are and to be the truest authentic self and that you guys know this is important to me right breaking free authentically I want I want you to be the most authentic version of yourself I want to be able to be authentic with who I am and that starts with respecting other people's authenticity you know if I want to be authentic and want people to respect me and not judge me, then I have to be willing to respect other people's authenticity. So, you know, it goes both ways. Um, one the, Another thing to be more sex positive is to question your reactions towards sex. The journey to sex positivity forces us to unlearn trains of thought that we've been committed to our entire lives and disrupting that connection causes us to confront other traditional behaviors and beliefs that are problematic and sex negative, says Howard. In this article on Psych Central, um, it, it's so hard to disrupt that connection. You know, we do have to confront things that we're not sure about. It can be challenging. And, and you know, she adds that questioning your internal your initial reactions to things like teenagers using sex toys sexually active senior citizens and sex and people with disabilities it's a great way to start the internal work of self-checking traditional harmful behaviors and microaggressions and i think it's important because you know like me having teenage children and and just relearning parenting in the context of sex positivity is like how does this work and and the idea of teenagers using sex toys whoa we we can't allow that and then it's like why not why shouldn't teenagers use sex toys we want them to not get pregnant we want them to not get stis and all this stuff but also don't use sex toys like we have to at some point recognize that our bodies are are made to desire sex. It's no accident that sexuality, that sex is one way to get people to conform. It's no accident that the church makes sex the thing that we all should feel terrible for and need forgiveness from and need to, you know, repent from. Because it's something that most of us all desire and want. And, and what's, the, what's the best way to make someone <laughs> do something that, or to think about something that they shouldn't be doing? Uh, make it off limits. If you, anything that's off limits is the thing that we want to do, the thing that we think about the most. Don't think about sex. Don't watch porn don't do this, don't do that, uh, all of a sudden we have, you know, porn addiction and people going crazy about their sexuality. Why? 
because it's so taboo and it's so not allowed to be thought of that it becomes something people obsess about because they can't be themselves. So we just have to be really careful what our reactions are. You know, if you notice yourself um, having negativity popping up when you're faced with some person's sexuality or their identity, it's good to ask yourself some questions. So Melanchon suggests, you know, what about their behavior is upsetting you and why? You know, what kind of person engages in this behavior or has these fantasies? And then what would it mean about you if you enjoyed this sexual behavior? And sometimes when we turn it around, you know, we realize that it's our own insecurities and it's us projecting our insecurities and our shame on other people and our judgments actually come from a deeper place, right? So she talks about that. Another thing we can do is advocate for sex positive policies and organizations. You know, they need all the help that they can get. Activism is another key part of sex positivity, uh, the sex positive movement. And it's important to be aware of and advocate for laws and policies that support um, ethical sexual freedom, says Melanchon. There's so much happening, and I think we just need to be aware that everybody should get to have a voice. And I think that we, we can go to the opposite extreme, but I think it's important to not shut that down before we really put ourselves in other people's shoes and how would we want to be treated if we didn't fit the norm, right? If If you are gay or lesbian or trans or anything like if you were if if you aren't those things and put yourself in in a situation where you are and you don't have the same rights as everybody else how would you feel and so this sex positive movement is just trying to make it an even playing field for everybody that nobody should be judged or shamed for who they are and what their sexuality is so learn more about sex positivity. That's another way. Sex education and re-education is important. And that's what I aim to do in this podcast is just to re-educate you and shift your thinking and mindset about sexuality. And again, in this article, um, there's a lot of, you know, some, some great sex positive books to read. So again, they'll be in the show notes, these articles that you can look at. There is new shows and things all the time on Netflix and things like that that are helpful. I just started watching um, Sex, Love, and Goop with Gwyneth Paltrow. And um, I was hesitant to watch it because I'm just really busy and I don't watch a lot of of TV. But I thought, you know what, I want to check this out. Um, And it's just, it's a really great show and it takes you through different people's relationships and they're working with specialists on helping them with their sexuality within their relationships. And it's just really well done. So I'm excited to keep watching that. So that's another way watching those kinds of things, um, which can educate you about things. For instance, um, Jaya is one of the, um, the, she's a sex therapist. Um, and she's come up with the erotic blueprint, and I've heard of her work before, but to watch it in action was just so cool, and just talking about, you know, 
there's five different erotic blueprints and everybody gets turned on in such different ways. And sometimes we think we're not compatible with people or that sex isn't fun because we don't realize what it is that we need or like what's our, what's our blueprint, what's our profile, you know, and some people are energetic and, you know, like the energy of anticipation and, you know, feeling energy on your skin without necessarily being touched is huge to some people. I know that that's a big one for me. And I feel very drawn to sex when it's sort of like, not just given to me, right? It's just something that I have to like, be pulled into almost and energetically. And it's very, very effective. Some people are more sensual, you know, touch and bubble baths and candles and food and music, all these kinds of things. Um, Some are just plain sexual where they're just turned on by what we quote unquote call sexual things, you know, whether it's porn or fantasies or this or that. But not everybody is like that. Not everybody just gets turned on by the thought of sex. Some people really need a different way. Some are more kinky. And kinky isn't just about whips and chains and flogging and, you know, um, spanking or this and that. There's so many elements to kinky. It can be sensual kinky or it can be... It, basically, kinky is just the the things that are taboo to you actually are a turn on to you. So that's interesting. Um, and if you're saying that you know, you haven't been able to do something for so long and that things are off limits, that's often going to be even more of a turn on. And so we, now we call, you know, these people who are potentially kinky are now, you know, they're addicted to sex or this or that because it's been taboo. And so if they're turned on by something that is taboo, what's going to happen? They become obsessed with this thing they're not supposed to do. But all of a sudden when, when you make it like accessible and normal and it's okay, then that obsessiveness goes away. It's very interesting. And same thing for alcohol and, and kids, you know, like those kids, those teenagers who are, are allowed to have alcohol at their house with their parents or this and that, they're not going out and getting smashed at parties because they don't need to. You know, they, they've learned to, to use it responsibly. And so I think the earlier we start these open conversations about sexuality and how normal it is, then we're going to have a much healthier view. And it's not going to be in that private part of our mind where we can't talk about it anymore. So um, another way to add to your positive sex positivity is to see a sex therapist. Uh, sex therapy is another great way um, to be more sex positive. And it can help you reframe these sex negative perspectives um, or heal from trauma or resolve other sexual issues. You want to go with someone who's non-judgmental and, and that they use language that isn't shaming or pathologizing, so making everything an issue, right, or makes you feel uncomfortable. If you're, if a therapist is, is doing those things, that's a really big red flag. That's what Melon Con says in this article, right? Um, that you want to be very selective about your sex therapist. And there's a lot of therapists 
out there that do shame people for wanting certain things sexually or wanting a type of relationship that doesn't fit the norm or doesn't fit the box. And as a coach, these are some of the conversations that I have with my clients. You know, we can talk about sort of the where this programming coming comes from and how do we shift the programming and let's look at what the root issue is and where did the where did this thinking come from and how can we have a more open way of you know viewing sexuality and um the world of sexuality you know as a whole sex positivity is just such a beautiful way to live and and when I discovered sex positivity I was able to just just start to live freely and reevaluate everything and so so like I said that shame and guilt had such a hold on me and all of a sudden when those things aren't shameful anymore it's like oh I'm so normal and this is beautiful and let's talk about it. And I was able to meet other people who also thought like me and who weren't ashamed of, of their sexuality and that we could actually have conversations about things, nudity, sexuality, all these things are normal and they're completely human, natural behaviors and we don't need to make them a bigger deal than they are you know what's the benefits to sex positivity is that you can truly start living to your fullest potential because there's nothing like holding you back and it doesn't matter what other people think of you the most important thing is to honor your your body honor yourself and honor and respect other people if you're doing those things, then that's what's most important. And a lot of people that are claiming all these terrible, you know, all this stuff about sexuality that's so wrong are the ones hurting people sexually. You know, like it's so wrong yet they're doing things that harm other people. And when you're sex positive, and you take your sexuality into your own hands, you recognize that consensual sex is important and and not doing anything that's going to hurt someone else. What I do in my own private world, if I'm not hurting anyone, why does that matter? Why would that matter to someone else? We've moralized sex so much right we've made it so sinful and this and that and and I understand where that's coming from because that's what I was taught the bible said that you know it was only for marriage and and you know we've seen how harmful that's been to so many women I I went to a small church and you know there wasn't very many teenagers and all the teenagers we're taught abstinence, you know, no sex till marriage. And you know what? Out of like the four or five teenage girls in that church, I think at least three of them got pregnant out of wedlock. And you know what they had to do? They had to go in front of the whole church and apologize for getting pregnant. 
the boys who got them pregnant never had to do that. Nope. They were shamed for that. On top of, like, having to deal with the consequence of, of having to have a child when they're young and they're still in high school. Not only is that difficult and a consequence in itself, now they have to get up in front of everyone and be shamed for it. What would have happened if we would have taught these girls how to own and take responsibility for their own bodies and be able to say no um, and not just you can't have sex until you're married? What if they would have been taught about birth control or condoms or things like that that could have protected them and helped them not get pregnant? What if they could have masturbated and not been shamed for that, maybe they wouldn't have gone and just succumbed to the passion that was in them. You know, they would have been much more prepared and aware to avoid teenage pregnancy if they would have been educated. But instead, we couldn't talk about it. It was not something we were so, well, if we tell them anything about it, they're going to want to do that and then they're going to get pregnant. Well, guess what? They got pregnant anyways because this is just something that we end up doing. And and then we had to add shame on top of that, you know. And and all these moms, they're wonderful moms. And they've, they've done wonderful things and been great mothers. And, you know, it wasn't the ideal situation, but it's not the end of the world. And, and you know, we don't have to shame people for that. Like, that's just, that's the reality of a lot of a lot of our society and I just don't think that's okay and we need to change that. It's harmful. It really affects especially girls, but boys, it affects them too because they think that they don't have to take ownership of their thoughts and feelings because nobody really talks about it. Nobody talks to them about how to be respectful and sexual and that is so important so I think that we need to keep in mind you know what what is it that we want in life you know like my breaking free program is f-r-e-e fantasize release embrace empower and this this, this sort of four-step process really helps you to recognize that the fantasies that we have, the desires that we have, is not shameful. And it doesn't have to be shameful. We can, we can want things for our lives. And we have all these reasons why we shouldn't want these things, you know. And I, I think that it's really important to evaluate where that comes from. And sex positivity is the start of recognizing how to respect other people, how to not judge other people, and how to live authentically without shame and guilt. And that, to me, is such a beautiful thing. Now we can start to design the relationships that we want without having to worry about all the baggage of the shame and guilt that we're carrying around. Now we can, like, own our sexuality. Now we can explore our sexuality. Now we can enjoy it and enjoy it with others and we can make decisions and agreements in relationships 
that are for us, not for society and not to please society, but to work with our respective relationships. You know, we can create the relationships that we want. And so I'm really on a mission to normalize other out-of-the-box relationship styles. You know, we've been taught that there's only one way and that monogamy is the only way. And a big part of sex positivity that I discovered is that monogamy is not the only way to have a relationship. It's not the only right way. There are other ways to have relationships that are really beautiful and life-changing and life-affirming and work very well for other people, but that's not accepted in society. And so I really wish to challenge that thinking. And so we'll get into that a little bit more um, as we go. But I really thank you for joining me this week. And I hope that you've, I hope that you've been challenged a little bit with your thinking to go, hmm, I wonder how sex positive I am and why am I not sex positive if you aren't? And where's that coming from? And let's take a look. Let's dig a little deeper. What is our subconscious saying about that? You know, what, what is that all about? And if you want to talk about it more, that's what I'm here for. You know, you can book a discovery call with me. If you go to my Instagram and go to my bio, you can book a discovery call or you can book a discovery call from my webpage. Um, I really love having these conversations with people. And I think that they have just been life transforming for my clients. And I get that a lot. Just like, Green, I just never thought of things in this way. And I just feel so free. And I love who I am now. And, and I love who I am now. It's just it's just so beautiful to just be able to live in my own authenticity and be accepted without <laughs> the freedom of not having to judge other people is so amazing. And I think sometimes we think that, well, we've been passed on this, this thinking that we have to judge, you know, that's what we do is, you know, we can't talk about sex. We can't, that's not okay. Oh, that's the dirty or that's this or that, you know? And I think we just are missing out on a whole beautiful area of life by limiting that and by putting such parameters on sexuality. And I think we need to revisit that and check it out. So, again, thank you for joining me. Be prepared next week. We are going to talk about empowered relationships, the key to having an empowered relationship. And I think you'll be very interested on my take on that. So join me next week. I hope you have a fabulous week this week. And I thank you so much for tuning in. I've loved being with you. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Kareen Bedard Coaching, and you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. 
I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have a great week.